0: I have a challenge for our listeners. Oh, yeah, a challenge? Yeah. 1 Corinthians 13 is the love passage that talks about the love is patient, love is kind. I would say, memorize that because it's like, well, what does that mean? Practically, like we thought, we always say, love is the answer. But what does that mean? And I think if you and the Holy Spirit are on this journey of focusing on what those things are, it could be a really cool
1: exercise. Thanks for listening to If That Makes Sense, the Family Life podcast about what life is like following Jesus. My name is Tim, and I'm in Family Life's radio department. I'm Robbie in Family Life's performing arts department.
2: I'm Becky in Family Life's development department.
1: And we're all talking about Romans, like we have been this whole season on If That Makes Sense. Wow, Robbie, you pointed it out. Yeah, we're this is near the end. We're getting... Down there, wow, wow, wow! We're getting down there. We've got, uh, I think sixteen chapters total, and oh man, it's been a fun ride. But there's still plenty more to go. But like, not as much plenty as there was a few episodes back. Which is funny because when we started, I was like,
0: "This is gonna take a long time." Like, this is, you know, sixteen chapters. And yeah. There's only one a week, and we might not do the whole thing in just a week. And no, I know. Even yeah. if you were looking
1: at sixteen weeks, that seems like a long time now. Poof. Yep. It goes by pretty quickly. We've taken a few weeks off, and we're just glad that you are on the journey with us. And you can pop in on any episode you like. We're just people like yourselves reading God's Word, not pastors or anything, just talking about what we're seeing here. And Romans 13 has plenty for us to see and talk about. So we're just going to break this chapter up here between the three of us and jump right into what Paul's got for us today. Robbie, do you want to start? Yes, 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 I'll start. I'm in the... The New Living Translation.
0: Everyone must submit to governing authorities, for all authority comes from God, and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and they will be punished. For the authorities do not strike fear in people who are doing right, but in those who are doing wrong. Would you like to live without fear of the authorities? Do what is right, and they will honor you. The authorities are God's servants sent for your good. But if you are doing wrong, of course you should be afraid, for they have the power to punish you. They are God's servants sent for the very purpose of punishing those who do what is wrong. So you must submit to them not only to avoid punishment, but also to keep a clear conscience. Pay your taxes, too, for the same reasons. for government workers need to be paid. They are serving God in what they do. Give to everyone what you owe them. Pay your taxes and government fees to those who collect them and give respect and honor to those who are in authority.
1: Owe no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law.
2: Besides this, you know the time, that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone, the day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires.
1: So put off the dark and put on the light. Don't Mm -hmm. be people of the night. Be people of the day. Mm -hmm. Oh, and by the way, respect the government. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's the rest we can agree with pretty easily, even us independent, stubborn Americans. But that first part, those first seven verses, what? Mm -hmm. I thought this was a kind of funny quote. And I saw it because I was thinking like, how do you talk about Romans 13, where he tells us to honor all the governing authorities? So a quote from uh, uh, a Douglas Moo, he's a theologian, I suppose, but what he says about how we've interpreted Romans 13, the history of the interpretation of Romans 13, one through seven, is the history of attempts to avoid what seems to be its plain meaning. (laughs) It's like, oof. That gets at us, doesn't it? Like, I've heard so many talk about this and say, well, you you know what Paul's really saying here isn't to honor the government and to respect the government. It's to, uh, okay, really? I mean, but he does say it pretty clearly. Honor the governing authorities. Your uh, your translation said it one way, Robbie. Mine says that uh, those that exist have been instituted by God. That's what the Bible says about governments. Wow. Can we just, like, how do we always feel about that, though?
0: Yeah, that's definitely one to wrestle with because you're like,
1: uh, what about
0: Hitler? Like, did God put Hitler? Well, he wasn't really like a governing authority, but if God is sovereign, he knew it was going to happen, or did he? But then also on the flip side, you know, you've got their. You know, hey, bow down to this gold statue of me, says the king. And, of course, they know the only god they're supposed to bow
1: down to yeah. is the one true god. Daniel and or, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And and Daniel, in his own way, they didn't right. obey the government yep. when those things
0: happened. They were commanded not to pray, and he prayed anyway, or only pray to the king. So, obviously, you have certain instances where you're going to have to look at it and say, okay, what is ultimately god is the one i'm following so if this is diverging from that you know you have the debate of even during that again hi- hiding jews during the holocaust oh no it's illegal to hide them do i don't i mm. do i do i lie about it and hide them anyway do yeah. i you know <laughs> you have the the ladies who 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 didn't kill the you know pharaoh said kill those babies that are born and they were like oh They gave birth so fast. We didn't, you know. That's right, right. In God's word, there's
1: people that lie to mm -hmm. get around what the government's telling them to do when they're telling them to do something evil.
0: So I think it's the difference between does it make me uncomfortable and I not like to do it, but the government says to do it, or are they telling me to do something that God would not want me to do? And I think making that distinction is important.
2: And I think a challenge that comes with that distinction is, as Americans, we're so used to having our freedom and we're so used to being able to do what we want, when we want, and how we want, that when the government suddenly to us steps in and is like, no, you can't do this anymore, or you have to do it this way, I think our initial human reaction is to be like, no, but my will, and I'm going to do it this way. Um, And then coming back and realizing, wait a minute, God put you in charge and God's in charge of you, and I'm supposed to honor you, and I'm supposed to do what you say, unless it's causing me to sin. It's like, oh, do I really get out of the way, self?
1: I think we've already talked about a couple things I think are really interesting to this conversation. What, Robbie, you mentioned at first with rulers who are clearly evil, even commanding evil things. And then, Becky, something you mentioned where... It's the government not saying something evil, just something we're uncomfortable with or not used to. If we're not careful, we can mix up our responses to both of those. Because the Bible is very clear. If the government commands you to sin, you must obey God rather than man. Like the apostles said in the book of Acts, when they were were commanded not to preach about Jesus, they said, sorry, can't do that. We have to preach because Jesus told us to, and he's above you. But if the government's telling us to go 35 where they used to let us go 45 in our cars, the speed limit changed and we don't like it and we don't see a good reason for it. So, wow, it's a free country. I'm going to keep driving my own speed limit. Well, actually, you're just kind of disobeying God because he gave them the authority to put up that speed limit sign and not you. And maybe that's not quite bearing the sword like the uh, government Paul talks about in Romans 13, but maybe you could just swap it out and say that they're God's servant for your good. If you do wrong, be afraid for they do not, they do not put up speed limit signs in vain. We'll say in a 21st century translation of Romans 13. So what about where it goes next? Uh, Where we're just talking about what we do owe each other. Maybe we owe the government honor and authority Let's talk a little bit about what it is Paul says we owe one another.
2: I personally love this section because one of my most favorite sentences, phrases, sometimes it's a full verse, sometimes it's not in scripture, is you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Um, Partially because it's convicting to myself, am I loving myself as I love my neighbor Sometimes we can struggle with loving ourselves well. Mm. Um, so am I am I viewing my spot myself from that lens? And am I really loving my neighbor well? Because if I'm gonna love my neighbor as myself, then I'm gonna love them unconditionally. I'm gonna be their cheerleader, I'm going to support them, I'm not going to do evil against them, all of these things. But I love that it sums up the law. It's like it's that simple yet that complex at the same time.
0: Mm-hmm yeah love your neighbor as yourself and and I think of huh, even things like well, I know when I'm hungry, and so I go get a snack and I know when I'm too cold and I put on a sweater or whatever, and it's like, huh, in those ways there's certain there's certain things that I know how to best take care of of me because I know what my immediate needs are and what would my life look like if I, if I tried just as hard to take care of you and to mm. take care of you as as easily and as quickly as I <laughs> take care of myself, which I'm very, very bad at. I'm pretty bad. Pretty bad. I'm, pr- I'm pretty good at loving uh, taking care of my needs and <laughs> not thinking about your needs and your <laughs> needs. If it's too cold, I'm going to say turn off the air conditioning. But maybe I should put on a sweater. <laughs> It reminds me of the might be Corinthians somewhere where he has the whole thing about speaking in tongues and all these cool awesome spiritual gifts and then he sums it up by saying like yeah but if I don't have love I'm just a resounding gong. If I can move the earth and speak in tongues and angels of men but don't have love Mm. then what good am I? And I feel like There's so many things that we have talked about in the book of Romans that we could disagree on or I don't know if it means that and I don't know if I like that and oh, does God choose me or do I choose him and is God fair? And then I just feel like here you are at the end of the book and one of the things he's trying to say is loving other people is really important and out of all the things we've talked about like are we going to take that away from the book of Romans and every other book in the Bible, because the whole overarching message is, I think is love
1: and do I, or don't I Yeah, love mm-hmm. people. Right. Love God, love people. It's almost like if you pluck out any one from the three equation, you'll be missing the point. If you love if you think you love God and you love other people, but you feel like you hate yourself, something's wrong mm-hmm. with the whole picture. Mm-hmm. And and pick and choose, you know, swap any two out and leave leave any one off the table. Something's wrong. If you do a great job caring for yourself, self need, self care, and you just you just love on everybody around you, but you're like, well, me and God, we've got problems. Like I think God's got to kind of. He's got some splaining to do. And there are people like that. Lots, definitely. And you Mm. think, wow, you seem like such a loving person, but something's off here. Because according to the Bible, these have to all go together. Any one of them being off is showing us that there's a problem with the bigger picture. I would guess, just because on a hunch here, I think God's usually kind of the biggest, most important thing uh, here, that he's always the biggest, most important thing. If we love God the right way... I mean, wouldn't you say it's just got to be the case that if we're loving him the right way, the other two fall into place? Mm. You love yourself, right? Because you know how much God values you, even though you don't feel worthy of it. And it just, wow, humbles you. So so therefore you care about yourself because he does. And then how could you not also give that to all the people around you? Yeah, I love that. I love that.
0: I really like the way you were saying that as in like, you know, if you're not loving yourself, that's a problem. If you're loving yourself too much, that's a problem. Or if you are doing a great job loving yourself and others, but not God, <laughs> which then, then, then yeah, you have trouble. That's, that's, I like that.
2: And drawing it back to loving God and truly loving God well. Cause I mean, let's be honest, we're all sinful human beings. So the power to love others and love ourselves and love God well, where does that really come from? Mm. It has to come from apart from us. So if we're loving God well, then it seems to stand to reason that with God's help and God's power, we would be able to take his love and truly love him and ourselves and people. And just that perspective of, oh, where does that love come from? It comes from the Lord. Yes, it can't come from myself because I'm gonna fall short.
1: You're talking about the source, Becky, where the love comes from, and that that we we can't be doing we we can't have this love just generating it out of our own goodwill. It's the same way with the life we live, the life that flows out of that. Because the the chapter ends pretty practically here in the kind of lives that we're to live, mm-hmm. right? Like it's it's gonna look different. Being a Christian isn't just being somebody who has generally nice, warm, and fuzzy feelings towards other people themselves and towards God, and that we call that love. No, it's a practical thing. Like, it it results in not us just being more generous, but like the list of things Paul gives here that are going to mark our lives, it's a night and day difference. We're no longer going to be given to sexual immorality, but like given over to purity instead. And not quarreling and jealousy. (laughs) I'm sorry, this is a bit of a sidetrack, but I just love Paul's sin lists Mm. because he always finds a way of putting something you find really gross and terrible Mm -hmm. with something that you say, oh, oh, that's me. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, he's got orgies and drunkenness on here. Oh, but don't forget, quarreling and jealousy, same Mm -hmm. list. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the imagery is so strong of
0: Remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes.
1: <laughs> oh, is that how yours puts it?
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't know what yours says. Uh,
1: mine just says cast off, mm. which isn't as as visceral as. <laughs> taking Remove off. your
0: dark deeds like dirty clothes, <laughs> and put on the shining armor of right living. I think yours said something about the armor of righteousness or something, Becky.
2: Yeah, mine says put on the armor of light.
0: See, and I think that's interesting because if we if you just focus on the putting off take it off, take it off, get it off, well then you're gonna be naked. You have to put something <laughs> on. You can't just put off. Right. And we can't just focus on oh, don't don't do this, don't think about that. Put that away. But what's going on in its in its place and if we're able to focus on what needs to go in its place, love and truth and his, things that he wrote in his word to us. um, Yeah, it's putting that on literally like clothing.
1: Yeah.
2: And I love how taking that in mind, Robbie, the putting that on, it applies to the beginning of verse 13 and the beginning of verse 14. Let us walk properly in the daytime and then the beginning of 14, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll just finish the verse. And make no provision for the flesh. And if we're focusing on putting off and putting off, but not putting anything on, then how are we going to walk properly in the daytime? And how are we going to put on Christ and make no provision for the flesh? Mm. Where if we're having that right view of put off these ugly, bad, nasty things, but put on these qualities of God and of light and of righteousness and love and peace and endurance, then we'll be able to walk properly in the daytime and put on the Lord Jesus and make no provision for the flesh. So it gives us that full answer of, mm. oh, don't do these, but start doing these because then you will be able
0: to do this properly. I have a challenge for our listeners. Oh, <gasps> yeah, a challenge? Yeah. 1 Corinthians 13 is the love passage that talks about if I don't speak in the tongues of yeah, men you, and angels. Yeah, you got but, it. And then there's the love is patient, love is kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. It isn't rude. It isn't proud. Um, I would say memorize that. But a cool way that you could memorize it that I've tried that I thought was really cool was to do one section of the verse a week. Oh. So just focus on love is patient and a whole week. Practicing being patient. Ooh, that was probably mm-hmm. a fun week. And then, <laughs> yeah, because then you have lots of opportunity. And then the second week, love is kind. Well, What does it mean to be kind? And and take yourself, you know, a whole cool. week at a time. And then by the end, you'll definitely have the whole thing memorized. But you'll have all these chances that you've gotten to practice. Because it's like, well, well, what does that mean practically? Like we thought, we always say, love is the answer. But what does that mean? And I think if you and the Holy Spirit are on this journey of focusing on, what those things are, it could be a really cool exercise. Yeah, that's and super I'm, I'm probably cool. going to do it again. I I think think I'm going to do it again. I think <laughs> that's, that's
2: more of a more than a challenge for just the listeners because <laughs> I definitely should be doing
1: that. Oh no, that's fine. You guys, you guys take that. That's good. Uh, you guys can have that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Tim's got love down. No, no, so yeah, Tim, yeah. Yeah, why don't you no. really thinking over oh, there? <laughs> you know, I, mean, I want to take us somewhere else. Actually, in the Bible, in all seriousness, that's actually a super. That's super cool. I do remember when you were doing mm. that, Robbie, and you were you were creating those reminders for yourself, and and yeah, it seemed like that was a super practical thing to do. That's really cool. But uh, in all, also, also in a serious way, I there was another biblical story that I thought was kind of a cool, a cool tying together of this chapter that Paul Paul has for us. And it's another part of the Bible, kind of unrelated, but it brings together the government and our hearts. It's not a long story. It just happened when some people tried to catch Jesus in his words, mm. which is funny when you think about it. But they were trying to make him say something that he would regret in public. And mm-hmm. spoiler, they ended up feeling pretty dumb about it. <laughs> the, the Pharisees said to him, tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it right to pay the imperial tax to Caesar Mm. or not? They think we've got him here. Caesar is like the worst. And we're going to ask this Jewish teacher if we should pay money to Caesar. Either way, he answers. We've got a gotcha for him. But Jesus, knowing their evil intent, said, you hypocrites, why are you trying to trap me? Show me the coin used for paying the tax. They probably knew they were in trouble here. Like, oh, well, whatever. They brought him a denarius and he asked them, whose image is this and whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. Then he said to them, so give back to Caesar, what is Caesar's, and to God, what is God's. Mm-hmm. When they heard this, they were amazed. So they left him and went away. <laughs> I think the implication they got from that is, oh, whose inscription and name do I bear. Okay, Mm. so the coin has Caesar's face on it. You know what? If he charges you taxes, it's money. That's not the stuff that God's kingdom is built out of anyways. If he taxes you, give it back to him. Taxes belong to Caesar. There is the Bible saying to pay our taxes. Jesus says it here in Matthew 22, and Paul said it in Romans 13. We already read that today. But the more difficult part for us is the second part. Give back to God what is God's. What bears God's likeness and inscription? And image. And image. Yeah. Mm. Every one of us. We're made in his image. I'm fairly certain it's the same word, too. Oh, that's pretty cool. In the original language, I think it's the same. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised because, like we see in Romans 13, Oh, no one anything except to love one another. Don't be about owing money and figuring out that's not your first priority. The first priority is paying back the love you owe one another, the love God gave to us first. That's where this whole thing comes back to, really. Give to God what is God's. What does he ask of us? Well, like we already said, lives that are marked by Mm. love like he loved us. Mm. Love it. Yeah. So, obeying the government, is one thing, but if we think that's hard to do, it's probably only because we're missing what the bigger calling is. That's a lot harder, but a lot more rewarding, and that's oh no one anything except to love each other, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. Thank you for joining us for If That Makes Sense, the Family Life podcast about what life is really like as a young adult following Jesus. If you enjoy the show, please send it to a friend. Your genuine appreciation of the show is the best way for word to get out. And it would make our day if you left us a rating and a review wherever you found this episode. Family Life has more great original podcasts that you can check out at familylife.org podcast. Thanks again, and we look forward to having you along for the next one.